Welcome to another edition of Bible Reading Today. We're continuing our study in Romans on the subject of assurance of salvation, and this is Lesson 9. As we've been learning, the good news of the gospel is that we're not saved by anything we can do to make God love us. He already loves us, and he's provided everything we need for salvation in his Son, Jesus. All we need to do to receive this free gift of grace is to put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we've also seen, once we've been put into Christ through faith, all that is true of Jesus has become true of us as well. Just as sin and death have no more claim on Jesus, so sin and death have no more claim on anyone who puts their faith in him. And that's why we're secure in Christ, as Romans 5, 8, and 9 tell us. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. And when the text says, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God, it's telling us, that we're kept in our salvation in the same way that we enter into salvation. God's grace coming to us through faith in Jesus. What we're being told is this. Since God saved you, though you didn't deserve it, and that's what he means by while we were still sinners, he won't now change his mind under any circumstance, and that's what he means by much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. God saved you by grace, and he keeps you by grace. Remember, grace is God doing for you what you can't possibly do for yourself. So we often say, once saved, always saved, and that is blessedly true. And as we've said before, that is the best news ever, isn't it? Who could object? Well, some do, and perhaps you're one of them. And if so, that's fine, because the text now takes us on a detour for two chapters so that it can answer two objections that arise from the teaching. The first objection says, but if this is true, if God simply saves us and keeps us regardless of our performance, doesn't that invite people to live reckless lives? Won't everyone be tempted to live as sinfully as they'd like since they can't possibly lose their salvation? It's a serious objection, and it's answered in chapter 6. The second objection is answered in chapters 6 and 7, and it goes like this. What you're saying can't possibly be true because it would mean that God's law no longer has any value. And if you teach that doctrine, you're overturning God's law. Well, what about that? Both these objections will be answered before we turn back to the main subject of assurance in chapter 8. Now, the answer to the first objection, that people will live lawless lives who are saved by grace, the answer centers on a question raised in the text in Romans 6, 1. And the question is this, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? In other words, If we're saved by grace, shouldn't we just keep on sinning so that God's grace will shine all the more brilliantly? Now, that obviously can't be right, 
as the immediate response in the text makes clear. Romans 6, 2 says, by no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Unthinkable, in other words, is what he says. The idea that someone would keep on willfully living in sin after being wonderfully rescued from sin by grace is, frankly, an absurdity. Having escaped from sin by God's grace alone, why in the world would anyone choose to go back into the cesspool of sin? People who really get saved are desperate to climb out of it, and having escaped, why would they ever dive back in? Now, when genuine conversion comes, the new believer is sealed with the Holy Spirit, meaning that the Spirit of Jesus comes to live in the believer's heart, as Ephesians 1.13 tells us. And he gives to each one that he seals a new set of desires, a new passion for holiness, a new power to escape from sin's allurement. That's why we're told in Romans 6.14, For sin will have no dominion over you, since you're not under law, but under grace. So the answer to the objection is, a believer won't continue to live in sin because God's Spirit living in him will help him to overcome sin. Now in a future lesson, we'll look at the second question beginning in chapter 6 and continuing on into chapter 7. That question is, but if all of this is true, what about the law? Doesn't this mean that the law is actually sinful? Well, we'll answer that in a future lesson. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you again next time.